Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Pastor Alex, and we are coming back again into another new episode. By this time now, it'll be the first Friday in January, so I hope you guys have had a wonderful Christmas season and a happy new year as we have begun to just, uh, we really kicked it off this year with a bang, uh, our 2022 Rantathon dropped at uh, 7 a.m. on New Year's Day, and uh, that was a, a heavy Lutheran rant. So if you are interested in some of that theology and, and kind of some of the things that we deal with, uh, where we find our our disgruntlements with, our if you call it our kind of our beef with other views, uh, check out that episode. But I do want you to be forewarned, if you haven't listened yet, it is... Uh, a heavy, heavy dosage of Lutheran faith, confessional Lutheran faith. And so I was uh, lucky and honored to have Connor and Jacob join me on the mic that day as we just went through a lot of things that we see wrong in the Western church and uh, we tackled it. So go back, listen to it and enjoy it. Uh, We are back into the gospel of Matthew this week. We are going to be looking at chapter six. Uh, probably going to uh, spend some time looking at those first four verses today. And then next week, we might dig into the Lord's Prayer. I, I don't know how much we can really hash out on these first four. Uh, they're pretty straightforward, but we will see what we get and kind of how the Lord leads us. So it's, um, I have to admit, it's never really, well, it's planned, but it's not planned, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I know what I'm going to be doing in the coming episodes, but I just don't really know what I'm going to say until I sit down on the mic. So whether I can spend 15 minutes hashing it out or do a whole 20-minute segment on it, we'll see. So uh, it could be a shorter episode. I haven't really decided yet, um, but we'll, uh, we'll kind of play it by ear and see how it feels moving through these few verses. Because the reason I say that is because I I want to give the Lord's Prayer the proper attention. Uh, So we'll spend probably a couple of weeks looking at the Lord's Prayer. 
Uh, we're going to be looking at it through uh, the Gospel of Matthew, and then we're also going to look at it through the Gospel of Luke, and then we're going to look at it through Luther's small catechism and how he explains the petitions. And so uh, those will be things uh, that we will certainly pay attention to and ensure that we take care of because uh, this is such a, uh, a crucial and vital passage to the health of the Christian faith, and I think it's one that 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 earns itself the uh, you know deep explanation. So that's what uh, the next handful of weeks are. Again, I m- might do a couple petitions each each episode. There's seven in the Lord's Prayer, so we could probably do you know th- four on one week and three on the other, uh, or we'll do an introduction, or you know kind of glance over it and do three, and then do four the following week. We'll, play it by ear again and see how that hits uh when i get done to get down to record it so but anywho's thank you so much for tuning in once again um this is it's been an honor i'm approaching now my fourth year running the show in fact in february we will have uh, kind of perused through four years uh we're very close to 300 episodes So there's a lot of content uh, that is available for you to listen to. Um, In fact, you've probably been able to watch me um, leave the Calvinist camp and and really embrace the Lutheran theology over the, you know, course of the uh, transitional episodes. And, you know, it, it's been a, a fun and enjoyable time as I'm actually getting very close now to wrapping up my master's. I should be able to attend this spring graduation and uh and be done and then go on and enjoy my ministry Uh, i've got some ideas for uh maybe some writing that i'm going to take on and that'll be available exclusively for patrons until i know if i ever do get it published we'll see i'm not really holding my breath on it because everybody seems to want to be an author these days but i just like i like to write and so hopefully my uh, views i can work through and and jot them down and and that so that'll be an exclusive action for the patrons to be able to have uh, when that starts coming later this year. And of course, you know, the show is listener supported. So if you want to join us on Patreon, you can do so for a dollar a month. And it's ten dollars and twenty cents for a whole year, it gets you twelve months on uninterrupted access to all the content that I do, which is early release podcasts, the Bible study, which is weekly every Sunday night at seven PM Central Time. If you cannot make it, we do record them, and they are shared to a private YouTube channel that you can have access and watch uh, you know, at your leisure, uh, as well as sermon notes and every other project that I'm doing. I give access to all that. So it's not just uh, you know, what I do on social media. In fact, I don't really do any content creating anymore uh, outside of a few things here and there. Everything I do is just a, call it a regurgitation, uh, just because I just don't have time to sit and create content there when I've got so many other uh, outlets, you know, being in the pulpit and uh, family man and all that jazz. So if you also are curious, uh, we do have our sermons that I preach every week available via podcast. You can search Stratford Lutheran Church and uh, or just search my name and it'll show up. And you can uh, listen to all of my prior sermons on iTunes and Spotify and uh, I was very happy with how Christmas came about, uh, those sermons leading up to Christmas Eve and the Christmas Eve sermon itself. I was very pleased with. Uh, I thought it was a wonderful um, four or five weeks there worth of time 
with my congregation. And so I'm very uh, happy to share that with you that uh, obviously don't live around Iowa. So so with that, uh, that's the patron spiel. Um, as always, it's lo- you can get yourself a great copy of Logos. There's always wonderful deals. And uh, you can go to logos.com forward slash undying light, download a free copy, or you can buy a package. Uh, I have the Lutheran package, and uh, I think I'm at gold level now. And I, I, I love what they give. And, and I've purchased some of the reform stuff in my previous years. And so I have a huge library full of reformed content, reformed authors and Lutheran authors. And so it's interesting for me to be able to, to sit down and, and kind of uh, compare the two. For instance, I had to write a paper uh, that I turned into my professor last week on commentaries. And so I had to pick three commentaries on a passage and talk about those three commentaries and what I noticed uh, was their approach to handling the text and what any significant differences were. And of course, I've got Martin Luther's commentary. I've got John Calvin's commentary, and then I have R.C. Sproul's commentary. And so I used those three on <clears throat> John 1, verse 29. And it was fascinating to have logos open with those three commentaries and place them side by side and read and see the differences and see the similarities. And the approach even is was interesting. Luther has this just really long, intricate, detailed <clears throat> summary of just that verse and what it means. <clears throat> and then John Calvin has a much shorter kind of truncated approach, not necessarily disagreeing too much with Luther on, on the grander scope of things, but uh, by and large, uh, very, very short and just to the point. And then R.C. Sproul's took, takes a very different approach. And, and instead of dealing with taking the sins away from the world as Calvin and Luther deal with Luther more in depth, but, RC looks at the lamb context and how does that affect uh, believers. And so I thought that was interesting. And Logos gives us all of those options. And of course, you know, over time you can build up your library by adding, you know, books and series and you can upgrade packages and get a whole bunch of stuff included in those. So logos.com forward slash undying light. Again, it's just to me, it is the most seamless Bible software on the market. I use it every single day. In fact, if you follow me on Instagram and I put up the post on uh, the daily scripture that I do every day, we're going through the gospel of Mark right now. Uh, I go to my logos on my phone and I take the notes from the Lutheran study Bible on that particular verse. And so every single day I access the logos either from my phone or from one of my computers, I've, you know, one in my studio and one in my office. And so it is a uh, wonderful program. I can put it on any device that is Android, Windows, Mac, or iPhone, <clears throat> and I can have it anywhere I go. And so it's even convenient when I'm out and about. If somebody asks me a question, I can go to Logos and look at commentaries or you know study Bibles or just kind of get a general idea of what the text is saying and, uh, and answer those questions. And so it is uh, wonderful. It's not just for ministry. It's not just for pastors and theologians. It's for every person. And that's the great thing with Logos is that you can you can build it to suit you and your needs. If you're a mom and you're looking to do uh, you know, Bible studies with your kids, <clears throat> you can get commentaries and Bible studies that are aimed towards the children. Uh, if you're a husband looking to lead his family in devotionals, you can have study Bibles and commentaries and devotionals, and you can you know, fit it to your denominational view 
and that's the amazing thing with logos. So, uh, as well as any fitness stuff, you can catch all that in the show notes. Make sure you read the show notes, uh, even if I post the same kind of stuff every week. But uh, I, you know, I do a little caption on the show, and then I give all the details for everything that uh, I support, whether it's fitness or or scriptural basis or the patron account. So. You can go to patreon.com forward slash undying light. The link is in the bio. Same thing with logos, logos.com forward slash undying light. And join us, get yourself a copy of Bible software and uh, and all that jazz. So open book, hit me up on uh, Instagram if you have questions about anything fitness related. Uh, I'm not a fitness expert, but I've certainly been through the grind and uh, I can maybe answer some questions, but I won't. Uh, I will never attest to be the most knowledgeable person in that field because I'm certainly not. I just enjoy it, and it's a nice hobby of mine, just like fishing and reading and all that is as well. So here we are. It's the 4th of January, and I have set out as one of my New Year's resolutions is to read more books this year than I have done in any previous year, and so that's one of my big goals. And it's not a huge goal because the most books I've read was 26 a couple of years back, and uh, that was you know about a book every two weeks. Uh, and that was when I was working full time and I was, uh, my daughter, I think was maybe one or two at the time. So it's very young. And so I was, you know, I didn't have a ton of free time and I don't say I have a lot of free time now, but my goal is to read about 30 books this year. So that's what I'm going to take on. I'm going to try and get about a book done every 10 to 15 days. I think 10 days is about my marker. And, uh, so every 10 days get a book done and then, and then hopefully use that momentum and, you know, as I go year into year and, and, you know, maybe shorten it down to, you know, a book every nine days and a book every eight days uh, and just really pour into it. And, and, and I read a whole bunch of stuff. I read theology. Uh, I read fantasy and sci-fi. And, uh, you know, so I, I have a, a large variety of things that I can amass. So anyways, uh, let's get into the text. Enough of me babbling. Let's look at Matthew chapter six here. This is the first one, first verse here. We are going to be looking at a section called giving to the needy. Uh, Jesus is continuing his sermon on the Mount and we, he will do so for the next two chapters, six and seven. Um, but here's what Jesus says. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your father who's in secret will reward you. All right, so that's the first opening section here, uh, kind of. Changing pace, if you would, from what we've talked about in the last um, handful of sections. And as Jesus continues here, uh, we are going to, you know, approach this preamble, if you would, to the Lord's Prayer. And he's setting this up, and I think this is a very interesting placement of this little section because what it's doing is it's giving you this, like, notion of what your prayer life will look like. And so this is kind of like the pretext to that. It's basically telling us right out of the gate, don't do these things so that you can earn clout amongst men. Don't go out and give all of your alms to people. Don't go out and and pray in front of all of these people and act like 
the uh you know the 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 hypocrites and all that you know just deal with it in your own private manner you know as verse 7 says in uh, this chapter of the lord's prayer when you pray do not heap up empty phrases as the gentiles do you know don't go out and just regurgitate or chant or you know do all that kind of stuff and it's the same thing with the giving section here this is um a, a moment of reflection of you know am i doing this for the praises and approval of man or am i doing this because i genuinely see a need that I can in this moment fix or help. And while you may not be able to fix a homeless person, you can certainly help them in that time. Uh, while you may not be able to, um, you know, take care of somebody who has no no place to live or no nothing to eat, and you work in food shelter, you know, food shelters and stuff like that, you know, and you go to soup kitchens and whatever it is, it's to do it. it it's because you see a need in your community it has nothing to do with you trying to earn cloud at least this is what jesus is saying now some people enjoy this you know they uh, especially some of the bigger philanthropists they want to flaunt their money and they want to brag about how much money they've given to this that and the other and they do that because they want the approval of man they want people to think that what they are is righteous and they they are practicing that righteousness in front of other people and they're just becoming hypocrites so I think it's important for us to know within the Jewish piety, there are three important acts that they have uh, viewed, and that is giving to the needy, praying, and fasting. And Jesus is warning his disciples not to do uh, these righteous acts with wrong intentions. Jesus did not want the good acts of his disciples to bring them personal glory, but glory to the Father. So when Jesus sends out his disciples to preach the gospel, it is not so that they can uh, be glorified in themselves in their preaching ability, but to uh, preach, you know, and bring glory to God. And I, it's always interesting. And, and I always, I, I, I have, I have problems with it. And I will admit when I receive, um, you know, approval or, or, or I get good, good remarks on my sermons and people enjoy my sermons and, and that's well and great. And I'm much appreciated for the feedback but I have a problem, you know, receiving it because when I'm up in that pulpit preaching, it's the Holy Spirit working through me. And this is the word of God that God has placed upon my heart. It's not me. It's it's Christ working in me. And so that that's like I was in the early years that I bring that up is I had one of my uh, congregants, you know, talk about how much she's really enjoyed my sermons over the last couple of years. And she's really watched me grow and mature and. And how I put so much passion and, and emotion into my sermons. And that's true. Um, I, I will admit, I, I know I've grown. I know I have you know poured more into my sermons in these last probably 8 to 12 months than you know I have in previous years. And uh, But you know it's one of those things that's like, uh, yes, I, 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 I love to hear that, that I'm making an impact on my congregation. But the praises should be to God the Father. I don't, I don't need them, not, not one bit. So, but that's just it. These, these people are doing all of these things so that they can earn their own personal glory. That they're going out and praying and giving to the needy and, and ringing the bell and saying, "Hey, hey, look at me." Uh, it's the same thing like on social media today when you see all these people like 
going up and, and surprising homeless people. And, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things that are okay. Like, uh, there's one guy who goes around and asks random people, can you tell me a Bible verse and I'll give you a hundred bucks or, or, or 50 or something like that. And most people can't, which is really sad. Uh, and then there's other people that they try to set up like the, you know, and I think it's all staged anyway, so I'm not really looking too deep into it, but there's people that go out and will set up this like, uh, intricate, you know, setup. I don't really how to describe it, you know, and, and the first person that helps or the first person that sounds an alarm on something, uh, that, you know, somebody's doing a bad ill practice of, of whatever it is. Uh, that person will get, you know, a chunk of money. And I see that stuff and I'm like, man, it's so staged and it's just bad acting. But that's the problem. It's like they make social media into this platform of you can brag about all the quote unquote good that you do in your life. All you have to do is have a smartphone in your hand with a camera and you can stream that to the whole world. Hey, look at how righteous I am. I just gave a bucket, you know, a, a, a container of water or you know, basket of food to this homeless person. And, and now he's, he's blessed forever. You know, great food lasts for a few minutes and water lasts for a day. But what you're doing is you're just heaping up your own reward upon yourself. And you are uh, just driving that wedge in between you and the father even harder. So as Jesus says here in verse two, the needy, the poor were cared for mainly through private almsgiving. This is noted back in Deuteronomy 15, 11. Um, he goes on to say, make no other record of this practice when giving alms, make no sound of the, nor trumpet. Uh, don't blow your own horn, right? Don't go out and be like the hypocrites, people who outwardly appeared to be righteous, but were not. Uh, this is a big sec, big portion of this next part of chapter six is, don't be like the hypocrites. You know, he starts off here with giving. Don't do it. And I always find that this next verse in verse three is a little interesting because it says, uh, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Uh, this is one of those things that's like, well, I have two hands and they're right in front of me. How do I know? Do I have to tie one behind my back? Do I, you know, do I put a cloth over one? So, to get, you know, it's not what it's saying. It, it, what it's getting at is, don't remember your acts, right? Don't don't dwell on what you've done in the past. When you see a, a moment that you can help, do it and move on with your life. You are just a mere vessel in God's mercy to that situation. And so it is not our job to sit here and brag over these. And it's certainly not our job to sit and dwell and remember them. When you are done doing whatever it is that you feel called to do, whether it's giving water to a homeless person on the corner, giving 20 bucks, or helping in a soup kitchen, or helping with children, or visiting a hospital and visiting the sick, whatever it may be, helping your neighbor, all that stuff. I mean, it doesn't just have to be people who are down and out. It could be just simply, hey, you know what, my neighbor needs help painting a room, or uh, taking a tree down, or, or building a swing set for his kids. You, anytime you do that, you just do it out of the goodness of your heart. You do it because you know your neighbor needs the help, and you don't sit and dwell and brag about it. Now, between you and that person, if you're helping paint a wall, or paint a room, or you know, rebuild a room or build out an extension on a house or, you know, you're doing tedious work. Hey, great. You can have these conversations back and forth with that person, but it's not something that you go out and be like, yeah, you know, uh, I helped put uh, that extension on Joe Schmo's house down the road. And boy, I think we did a great, you know, don't pat yourself on the back. That's just don't do it. That's what this section is getting at. 
So one through four, Jesus calls us to hide our good works when we are tempted to show them. Our works must indeed glorify the Father. The only blessing that counts is the one received from his generous hand, and his grace perfects even the least of our good works. So great way to kick off the Lord's Prayer. And like I said, I feel like it's kind of like a preamble because it's setting the stage of what Jesus is going to say in these next uh, four or five verses here. So let us get uh, to verse through verse eight on today's show. And then next week we will start breaking down the Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper, Lord's Prayer. That will come later in Matthew when we get to the 26th chapter. So a couple months down the road for that. And uh, we've already really hashed it out, so we won't spend a ton of time on that topic. But anywho, Jesus says, when you pray. You must not be like the hypocrites. Uh, just remember what I just said there. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, and that others may uh, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward, which is the uh, adoration of the of the crowds. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and in and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So a couple of interesting factors here to, to kind of pull out of this little section before we get into verse 9 and on. But uh, let's begin here with verse 5. Uh, the standing and praying, don't be like those hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the streets. Uh, Jesus is not criticizing the posture of prayer, but he's ostracist motives behind it. So Jesus isn't going after how you pray, whether it's standing, kneeling, laying down, sitting, whatever it is. Don't. It's not that. What he's going after in this framework is, is, is how you are using that. Like if I'm out on the street corner and I'm praying and praying and praying and making it seem like, oh, I'm this really righteous person. That's the that's the negative motive behind it. But when I'm in my own house, when I'm praying in private, if I'm laying down, sitting, standing, kneeling, any of those things, that's totally okay. So however you pray, totally fine, whatever your posture is. Uh, for instance, sometimes I just go over to the church. Uh, when I go over to do work or grab stuff, I just go to the sanctuary and I kneel at the altar and I pray. And And that's just something that I've done over the last couple of years. And I don't do it very often, but, and I'm not sitting here trying to brag about it, but I'm using this as a, as a, as a situation to show I, you know, I go to the altar and I kneel. I, I also pray laying down. I pray sitting up. I pray standing up. It just depends on where I'm at and what I'm doing, but it's not the action or posture that he's criticizing. It's the motives behind it. So he goes on here in verse 6, and he says, But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. So this is an interesting uh, notion here, the God who is in secret. Uh, with this wordplay, Jesus points out that God who is invisible sees and hears us, even when we, uh, even with what we do is invisible to other people. So Jesus is telling you, go into your room, be in secret, and pray to the God, to your Father, who is in secret. So let's break this verse down just a little bit here. When you pray, go into your room. Okay. Easy enough. Shut the door. Okay. So let's kind of truncate this section here. A lot of people like to say, well, I have a prayer closet. Wonderful. If you have a prayer closet, you have a room, whatever it is designed for you to pray. You've got Bibles in there. You've got 
you know, prayer journals in there. You've got maybe, um, you know, a little light or something and you can, you know, a board that you can keep track of your prayers and you can mark off what God has done for you in your life, whatever it is. If you have that, that's wonderful. Not everybody has that. I personally don't have a prayer closet. Uh, I pray just about anywhere whenever I feel the need to, whether it's in the kitchen, the living room, my office, the church, here in my studio, in my bedroom, wherever it may be, uh, my kid's room. I pray just about everywhere. Uh, I personally don't keep a prayer journal I have in the past. I'm not very good at it, so it just kind of fell to the wayside, unfortunately. Um, But I certainly wouldn't be opposed to trying to pick it up again in the future. But all of that is done in secret, and it's not for me to sit here and publicly you know, display what I do because that's not what we are called to do as Christians. You're to go in your room and shut the door. It is not something that is for everybody to bear witness to. Your prayer time is your own personal time with God the Father. So make sure you are doing this in a private context. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't pray in corporate situations. You know, we pray as a church every Sunday morning. Uh, My wife and I pray. My kids and I pray. You know, we pray at meals and all of this stuff. So it's okay to pray in corporate stances and, and, and over you know, certain things and, and praying for certain people. But beyond that, our prayer life is our personal, private communication with God the Father. Now, this interesting section here, this last bit, the God who is, or your Father who is in secret, or you could say the secret God, Uh, This is an interesting kind of section because Jesus is getting at a point here, um, not just around the notion of being invisible, that God is, you know, you can't see God, but you can. Obviously, we have God in the flesh here speaking to these people. Uh, We have numerous accounts throughout the Old Testament where God came in some sort of form, whether it was uh, travelers to Abraham or it was the uh, burning bush to Moses or, or any other sort of piece throughout history's, the na- history of Israel. We see the pre-incarnate God, you know, even Jesus wrestling with Jacob. I think that's a fantastic text in uh, Genesis 32. Um, we see all of that. And so we know that, you know, God can certainly reveal himself to us, even though he is invisible to our everyday eye. But that's one one thing I find with this section that's intriguing is to pray to your father who is in secret. So it's, a, you know, this God who we can't see. And it is we we are praying something that is invisible to others around us. We are saying and, and speaking things that nobody else will will ever know. Maybe um, we are keeping our prayers private and condensed and they are focused solely to God, the father. But this other notion of God who is in secret, it has a fascinating piece if we really unpack it. And that's what Jesus is getting at here uh, with these next, with, you know, with this little section here. And that's this God who reveals himself to only certain people. And that's kind of interesting. Jahard Ferdy works a little bit on, you know, the revealed God and the hidden God. And Stephen Paulson does a lot of that, too, in terms of. You know, how can we as Christians decipher the hidden and the revealed God? And so we, we find that it's, it's you can almost call it a game, really, of hide and go seek. That God plays with mankind where he's hiding from others. 
and revealing himself to to the his chosen people. And so uh, interesting notion to dig into if you really want some further study on that. DM me and I'll, I'll throw a few books at you. Uh, but Stephen Paulson and Jahard Ferdy are two authors that I know have handled that uh, pretty extensively. So it goes on here. Jesus says, and your father who sees you will in secret will reward you. Uh, those rewards are, you know, whatever in heaven. There's nothing that we can really uh, attest to saying that this is what you will get as a reward. You won't get a crown or you won't get anything. But it's something that we should acknowledge that in heaven we'll have, you know, certain types of rewards. But whatever those rewards are, it's not for us to sit and bank on right now. God the Father takes care of all that. He goes on to say, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. These empty phrases, meaningless babble, a prayer at this time included incantations. Um, Jesus does not condone repeating prayers, but he is saying, don't just sit and repeat yourself over and over and over again. And don't babble. And, and, and I find this to be a big problem in the Western church where, where we have people, especially the younger crowd, and, and I'm going to really pick on this a little bit, this notion of, you know, in prayer, you, you God the Father or, or Father or, or, or Daddy God or whatever f- ridiculous phrase they want to use. You know, they, they set a prayer up like, uh, Father God, we are so thankful for this today. Father God, we are so blessed to have you, Father God. But, I mean, they just keep repeating that. And that's, it's not a bad thing, but you're not, you're, you're just kind of heaping up these empty phrases, pray and be straight to the point and, and, and express what you want. And and that's what we will see here as Jesus will give us kind of the context in the Lord's prayer. It is to the point. It deals with all of these problems in our lives. And we have one base of responsibility, which is in verse 12 B uh, as we forgive our debtors, and we'll look at different translations. Uh, but when we when we get to this framework of prayer, we are to be strategic and quick. But we can also pray long term. Like you can pray for hours and you can cover a thousand topics. That's not a bad thing. But don't sit here and heap up empty, meaningless phrases that don't get anything anywhere. So. They think that because they are just regurgitating a bunch of junk that God the Father is going to hear them. Jesus says, do not be like them, for their Father knows, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So even before you sit down and pray, God the Father knows exactly what it is you need. And as you have Christ as your advocate, God will you know, already know, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't pray. We still bring our prayers and our concerns to him because in all of that, prayer isn't a means to push God into doing something. It's not to, you know, light the fire and say, God, I need this right now. Prayer is mostly for us to change. It's for us to realize God's greater plan and how we fit into that. And so prayer may not always be answered in the framework that we think it would be or it should be or how we'd want it to be. So we'll get into all that as we dig into the Lord's Prayer in the coming weeks. Uh, so that kind of sets us up. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't pray. Don't give in, in, in hypocrisy, but we will pray in secret and we will give in secret and we will break down uh, the Lord's prayer over the next couple of episodes. 
Until then, it is Friday, so if you're listening to this before Sunday, get your butt in church and partake in the divine service. This Sunday, we are going to have uh, the Lord's Supper, and so I'm very honored to be able to administer uh, the Lord's Supper at his table, so I'm very excited for that. So if you have the opportunity, go and partake in the divine service. And until then, we will see you all next week. God bless. fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.